Welcome to this episode of Space to Build, the podcast that celebrates the voices of hardworking women in construction. In each episode, we discuss a career in construction and explore the skills needed to build holistic success sooner rather than later as an emerging construction professional. Hey, it's Catherine, your host. I started Space to Build in 2020 while I was a superintendent for a general contractor. For years, I craved community and a means to connect with women who felt isolated in the industry. Since November of 2020, our stories have been shared in over 40 countries across the globe. These experiences have brought new ideas to the table for both women and men in the industry. While I highlight the voices of women in architecture, engineering, and construction, this podcast is meant to be a resource for anyone, regardless of gender. I had so much to share with you leading into the season that it just made more sense to record it all. Plus, I've heard your feedback. Many of y'all are crazy and want to hear more solo episodes. I won't lie, this is a completely daunting task. My initial reaction was, what would you even want to listen to me talk about and wouldn't that just be boring? But, you know what? It's kind of like what I do here with our amazing guests. We share their stories, their lessons learned, and they're far from dull. Actually, they're insightful and inspiring, and why not treat myself with that same respect? But you know that's easier said than done. However, I am tackling this challenge head-on. So, for this season, we are going to spend more one-on-one time together. Four more times, to be exact. (laughs) We are going to chat about my Virginia Tech experience, and I'll explain why that's important in a moment. Then, we're going to get into career goal setting, interview prep, there's recruiter's perspective, and what I wish I knew before entering the real world, or that quote, nine to five lifestyle, and what the future looks for me and space to build as I enter motherhood for the first time. In addition to these solo episodes and our usual guest interviews, I have six bonus episodes scheduled for you. So I partnered up with Dr. Andrew McCoy, director of the Virginia Center for Housing Research, professor in the Department of Building Instruction, and associate director of the Myers Lawson School of Construction at Virginia Tech. He has over 20 years of experience in the AEC industry, including fieldwork and years of management in a design-build firm that maintained a Class A Virginia contractor's license and employed license architects. So, (laughs) you're probably stumped now. Why am I partnering up with him? The podcast has always been about looking at things in the lens of women in construction. Why am I bringing a male host in for these bonus episodes? Let me just explain. About a half year ago, I was at Virginia Tech for an awards banquet and a variety of other meetings. And during one of those meetings, Dr. McCoy spoke about high-level and forward-thinking construction opportunities. And at the end of the day, I had the sidebar with him. He confessed his interest in podcasting, not just as a guest, but as a host of a show And then he planted the seed. He wanted me to be a co-host. So I marinated on this for months and finally reached back out to him. Once we fleshed out our ideas, we realized that we wanted to share the nerdier side of construction. So many podcasts that are already out there focus on the industry side of things. But there's not a whole lot out there that digs into the nitty-gritty research and -and up-and-coming side of things, right? So for six episodes, we're going to dig into housing research. Think 
renewable energy, affordable housing, and honestly, my favorite that I'm the most excited for, 3D concrete printing. Oh, I'm not going to go off on a little tangent here, so I'm going to stay focused. <laughs> it will be very clear which episodes these are. Um, they will be titled Hallway Moments. We are embedding these episodes into space to build as a trial run. We are so excited, but before we commit to these taking a life of their own, we wanted to share them with you first. We'll be open your feedback at any point in time, and if there's any other nerdy academic topic in construction that you want to hear about, please let us know. There are so many different directions we can go in, and we would just love to see what resonates the most with you and what you're interested in. So remember when I said that I would get more into my Virginia Tech experience? I bring this up because by the time this episode airs, spring college career fair season will be right around the corner. So I structured the first part of our season to accompany that process of prepping for the career fair, attending the career fair, uh, follow-up interviews, and all that good stuff. This week, I'm going to break down my experience as a student in construction, how it relates to career fairs, and then next week, I will introduce you to Lisa Tenley of Plano Cowden. She is my go-to HR recruiting expert that I've known for years. And we're going to share how you can maximize your career fair experience. So let's go back in time a little bit, like really far back to little Catherine in the third grade. In third grade, I found myself accompanying my parents to progress meetings for our first family home. That meant attending design meetings and job site walkthroughs. And around this time, my mom and I, we started binging crap out of HGTV. Like, I don't think it was healthy. <laughs> I also had a habit of sneaking into unfinished homes in the new cul-de-sac. And I loved it. Like, I became so fascinated with the bones of a house. And I thought all this exposure translated to me wanting to become a designer. Then, again in seventh grade, I went through a similar experience with my family's second home. Unfortunately, this time, I couldn't sneak into any unfinished homes. But that's okay, because all of this inspired me to pursue architecture. I eventually took on drafting courses in high school. I competed in CAD and BIM competitions. I even spent time working with an architecture firm. And during this time, I also found my love of psychology. And then <laughs> in the process of applying for colleges, I realized I didn't want to be an architect anymore. And I was stumped. But I said, screw it. I'm going to apply for these architecture programs anyways, because I figured it would get me in the ballpark of what I wanted. And then I could just pivot once I got into the architecture schools, because Architecture schools are a beast to get into, right? Like, don't underestimate that process. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, even though I went down that path, I ultimately didn't go to an architecture school. I opted for the community college route instead. I went in for an associate's in science and another one in social science. I knew I wanted something that related to the built environment and something that allowed me to take my AP psychology experience to the next level. At Tidewater Community College, I spent a lot of my time with the engineering club. One of my friends in the club suggested I looked into Virginia Tech's building construction program. And it clicked immediately. I knew engineering was my cup of tea, and architecture wasn't the right fit either. 
but it never once dawned on me that construction could be a part of my future. And the why to all of that needs to be tabled for a later discussion on representation. But back to the topic at hand here, um, I did just bite the bullet and I reached out to the advisors at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was and is a competitive school to get accepted into, so I was a little worried. But I also knew I had a slight leg up from being a community college student. Our school motto was, from here, go anywhere. So I connected with the building construction and the psychology advisors pretty quickly. I learned that these two programs would become my home as I pursued my two bachelor's degrees. So it was either my first or second day of my intro to construction course when I approached my two professors and asked them the most impactful question of my career. I explained to them my passion for recruiting, training, workforce development, and my lifelong appreciation for the built environment. Was there a way that I could be a part of the construction industry's workforce development while still actively pursuing an operations experience? Or should I get a master's degree and enter from a more HR perspective? But I wanted both the field experience and the opportunity to impact emerging construction professionals, but just couldn't see how that would all work out. Now, looking back on it, the answer is so, so obvious. But back then, being so green, I had no idea what my future could look like. Luckily, my professors told me that, yes, I could pursue both goals without any extra schooling. And thank goodness, because I was already on a five-year track between my community college days and the two programs I was chasing, and I really did not want any more school. That conversation helped me hone my focus within the building construction department, and I knew I was going to follow the career path typical for students coming out of this program. After graduation, I would work for a general contract in either a field or office role. But before I could go off into the real world, I had a lot to work through within the program that I was in. So the program I was in was Myers Lawson School of Construction, and it offered so many opportunities to connect with industry professionals through clubs, through room fair sessions, workshops, tours. All of it was just mind blowing. But the most impressive thing that the program offered us to start building our careers was their career fair. They hosted two a year. The fall career fair focused on full-time career opportunities for the seniors, and the spring career fair focused on internship opportunities. General contractors and subcontractors from all over flew in, drove in to meet us. The booths were set up in this giant conference hall. It was actually so packed that companies would set up shop in the hallway. It was and still is a scene to walk into. And before you even attend your first fair, you know the statistics. 100% of the students receive job offers upon graduation, so your likelihood of connecting with at least one right fit was high. But that did nothing for my nerves at all. I was overwhelmed. I was all sweaty palms, racing heart, like the whole nine, right? So I had to learn to lean heavily on my career fair prep techniques, and I gotta say, they got me through all six of the career fairs that I attended as a student. And the steps that kept me sane, I have like, I don't know, six, seven of them. Actually, no, I lied, eight of them. <laughs> so I figured I'd walk you through the steps that I took to have some sense of sanity and structure as I tackled these career fairs because I was and I am an introvert and 
Talking to people sometimes makes me incredibly nervous. So I have to find ways to just handle that so I can feel prepared going into a conversation. So step one was have a base resume to work with down even to a generic professional objective. This gave me the framework and was the easiest thing for me to tackle. And the second step was list what I wanted out of my ideal company. And this included things like the markets I wanted to work in, roles I could hold uh, that interest me, down to the type of company culture I wanted. I always looked to see if a company had any community service related ties, right? Because I think that says a lot about a company. And of course, the location of where I could potentially work was also very important. I knew I was going to be moving to an area I was unfamiliar with. So did they do company events where I could get to know my coworkers? Were their events more community service-based or maybe more sports-focused? Or were they more along the lines of food and drink, which I couldn't complain about because I'm a sucker for food? <laughs> and then from there, I'd move down to step three, right? I created a list of all the companies that I knew were going to attend the career fair. And then I proceeded to research all these companies based on the criteria I listed out. And then in step four, I updated my resume to reflect my career lifestyle goals in that professional objectives area. And I would customize it to fit the different companies I was interested in talking to. Because I've always been somebody that can visualize different directions for myself. At the end of the day, they all aligned to my end goal. And they all sound like really cool adventures to take. So... I said, screw it. Like, I'm going to be open to the opportunities, but I'm going to have a structured way of approaching that. And then there was step five. It was selecting an outfit. It was remembering to have a firm handshake and reminding myself to make eye contact with everyone I speak to. And then day of the career fair, I started step six. I planned out where all of my target company's booths were located I got some food in my system, I stayed hydrated, and I cleared my head of all the clutter so I could focus on just the fair. Literally, nothing else to me was more important that day than tackling this career fair. And then once I was ready to step into the chaos, I found people that I knew first or I was familiar with just to get those jitters out of the way so that I could approach the people that I was there to talk to and get a job from and just cut down on all of the extra leftover clutter I had in my brain that I just needed to relax from. And step eight, simple, it was kill it. I landed my first internship the same day as the career fair because of these steps. Eye contact being one of the reasons, funny enough, it blew my mind when at dinner later that night, uh, one of my prospective employers said, that many of my classmates stared down at their shoes or their resumes instead of making eye contact with the recruiters. You know, recruiters are just looking for that human connection and your passion. If you bring that to the table, you're headed in the right direction. They just want to see you prepared. They don't expect you to have your whole life mapped out, but they do expect you to know what interests you as a human being and what you would like to explore in the industry and why. If you can carry on a conversation focused on these things, you're headed in the right direction. If you're worried about your lack of construction experience, you're okay. You're in the same boat as a ton of students. And while some companies are a little more competitive 
and require you to have an internship under your belt, there are so many others that want to bring you in as a first-time intern, right? They value that because they see the opportunity to be able to mold you. So you can reframe all these non-construction job experiences as transferable skills. And when they take a look at your extracurriculars, they also look at that from the same lens. And each time you go into a career fair, you gain so much more experience and the process just gets easier and easier. But if you're ever nervous, please reach out to me. I'm never far away. And we can work out what you're unsure of. Holy cow. <laughs> so that was a lot of information, what I feel is a short amount of time. So let's just recap real quick. Number one, season four will include solo episodes with yours truly, bonus episodes with Dr. McCoy, and our usual and exciting interviews. And number two, we are approaching college career fair season. While it can be intimidating, I am here to help you make the most of your career fair experience. Remember, recruiters want to see who you are as humans and what you want to make out of your potential opportunity with them. And if you need extra assistance, feel free to reach out to me. Ooh, um, before I wrap this up, would you like to know what else to expect in our usual episodes? So some of the other topics you can look forward to are psychological safety, stormwater management, opportunities for assistant superintendent, marketing and construction, life safety, and building codes. This is going to be our longest season yet, and I am so, so excited. So make sure you are subscribed to your favorite podcasting platform so that you don't miss out on all these incredible conversations. Thank you so much for being here today. If you would like to chime in on the conversation, you can find us online at space2build.co. Yes, it's .co. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Space2Build. When you have a moment, do you mind leaving a review for this podcast? I read your reviews at the end of each episode, and I'm constantly looking for ways to improve. Any ideas to improve your experience will be more than welcomed. And remember, you belong here. There is so much space for you in our industry. 